Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's friend's book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, can't get rid of her, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Were we trying to get rid of me? Is that <laughs> is that a thing? Have you taken like, out life insurance on me? <laughs> we're going to jump the shark and, like, cousin Oliver this and just... <laughs> get someone younger and more fun in here. Yeah, basically. Um, how's it going, mom? Good. Um, good. Today's a good day, Ellen. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about Solace by Gail Carriger. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. And later we're going to talk about Romance Tropes Bracket. Oh. And so stay tuned. I mean, you can, you can surmise what that's going to be. Yeah, I was I trying did. to surprise mom with that, so I didn't know I she forgot. wouldn't tell me what it was. And I was <laughs> but like, I wow, forgot that we... I was going to have to say what it was at the beginning. <laughs> um, but first, before all of that, mom, what have you been reading? Oh goodness' sake! I forgot about this. I always forget about this. You, you know, I ask you the same. I four know, Ellen. Stop! Stop at you! Stop at you right now. <laughs> um. It's probably just the books that we read. I don't know that I've read anything extra. You read Brazen and the Beast? I did read Brazen and the Beast. And you Is read that... Payback by Amy Dawes. Are we doing... I did. Right. <laughs> um, are we doing uh, Brazen and the Beast on the show? Or no, that... you're not. No, no. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. And we can get into that when we talk about the, the lineup for... Okay. All right. Fall. Um. Okay. So... So, the last one we did was Swedish Prince, right? Mm-hmm. And then I read Brazen and the Beast uh, by Sarah McLean, the number two book in her Bare Knuckles Bastard series. Um, yes. Delightful. Enjoyed yeah, it very I'm much. Yeah, I'm excited to read it. Then I read Flatshare, which if you haven't listened to that episode, we I loved very much. thoroughly, thoroughly loved that book. And according to this, I read something about a nuclear submarine. I think that was your dad's book. <laughs> it's always thrown off It doesn't sound like my type of thing. <laughs> um, anyway, and then, oh, I did read Payback by Amy Dawes. Not my favorite in that series, but, um, you know, I love Amy Dawes. Uh, and then I read Solace by Gail Carriger. Is, Is that, that how, how you would say it, do you think? I would say Carriger. But Carriger, Carriger, maybe. Yeah. Carriger. Well, a G before an E is usually a soft G, but names sometimes are different than regular words. We're just gonna go with Carriger. Um, I between now and when we read the Swedish Prince, I have read the Fletcher, and that is oh it. Gosh. See, I'm so far ahead of you, Ellen. <laughs> I'm so much well read, better yeah. read than you. And you have. So so much more free time than me. It's oh, whatever. Funny. Okay, mom's flipping me off. So that means that it's time to. <laughs> I would never, never in a million years. Don't lie to the good people, mom. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about Solace by Gail Carriger. We're just going to run with it. This is the first book in her five book Parasol Protectorate series. Ooh. The whole series follows Alexia and Connell. So like it's them throughout um 
I was going to write a description for this one because I had enough time, but then I read the back cover description and decided I liked it more than anything I was going to write. So this is what the back cover says. First, she has no soul. Second, she's a spinster whose father is both Italian and dead. Third, she was rudely attacked by a vampire, breaking all standards of social etiquette. Where to go from there? From bad to worse, apparently, for Alexia accidentally kills the vampire, and then the appalling Lord Macon, loud, messy, gorgeous, and werewolf, is sent by Queen Victoria to investigate. With unexpected vampires appearing and expected vampires disappearing, everyone seems to believe Alexia responsible. Can she figure out what is actually happening to London's high society? Will her soulless ability to negate supernatural powers prove useful or just plain embarrassing? Finally, who is the real enemy and do they have treacle tart? <laughs> so, Mom, what did you think of Soulless? Ellen, I love this book. <laughs> I love this one too. <laughs> Two in a row. Oh my no. gosh, we're doing so well. And very different and for very different so reasons. So very different. <laughs> but this book was just an enchanting read. Here's I the thing. just loved this writing style. Oh it my was... gosh. So mom was reading after me and I'm sure you saw like how highlight happy I was getting in this book. Cause because... I even highlighted more than you, which we probably won't ever get back to see, but yeah, I just um, loved it. There's the writing is just so, I mean, it's just the whole book as a whole experience is just so dang enjoyable like it's just such an enjoyable experience um I just plum loved it it was I was cracking up throughout the whole thing I um, lol'd multiple times like many times so many times your dad probably thought what is going on back there because I kept cracking up just and we're I I mean I have a lot of quotes I'm not going to read all of them that I wrote down but um uh, they're just like her turn of phrase with all of these things, and her making just... up of little words that she, and that she would, um, just little things like when she was batting her eyes at him because Ivy had taught her to bat her eyes, and she said, yeah. even the flapping of my eyelashes, <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> or even okay, my eyelash flapping so didn't have any effect on it. <laughs> the writing, and not because it's like in any way that similar but the writing really kind of like my brain immediately went to the narrator in Pushing Daisies and it's mainly just because both the narration in Pushing Daisies and the writing here is just so whimsical right. it's just so <laughs> charming well that... like I said it's just enchanting it's just yeah just enjoyable from the get-go I mean from the beginning yeah. so this all the way through this was one of the first lines and I highlighted it and I was like I'm I'm sold like this line happened and I was like okay I'm in let's let's do this she one of the first first lines is to put the pudding in the puff she retreated to the library, her favorite sanctuary in any house, only to happen upon an unexpected vampire. <laughs> like, well, just the whole thing. And then he attacked her. <laughs> it's just like so blunt and out of nowhere, right off the bat. And I was yeah. just like, ah, I love this. <laughs> yeah. I, and so, so here's my first question, not about Alexia yet. Yeah. What, did, what did you make of the world as a whole? 
How did you find your first steampunk paranormal historical? And I'm sure probably our only steampunk <laughs> paranormal historical. Well, honestly, I wouldn't mind reading the rest of this series. I know you keep me very busy, so it might be hard for me to fit it in. Yeah. But um, I really enjoyed reading this book. Yeah. Um, I loved the world. I loved the whole idea of it being like a historical, which we've read a bazillion of. But then with these little nuances that come in to play with all the mechanics and the strange little contraptions that they have, the automaton and, I mean, all these little... Automaton. Automaton. Whatever. (laughs) I got it. Um, Anyway, I just, I thought it was really a fun little world to escape into. I've read a paranormal. I've read plenty of freaking historicals um there's something really fun about the paranormal historical just that alone without the steampunk element i i mean so i wrote down this this happens pretty soon after that is this unexpected vampire he attacks her and her response is i say we have not even been introduced (laughs) (laughs) and and that killed me well i just I love the whole, like, they just take all these vampires and werewolves and things in stride. I mean, it's like, oh, there's a vampire. Oh, there's a werewolf. And he's a werewolf. And uh, I guess we'll talk about him later. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) But um, just the whole thing. And then the queen's in on it. And everybody's in on it. And politically, they're all in on it. And it just, it was just a fun little world to escape into. And even... Like, just a twist on what we're used to. It was fun. Yeah, and, like, there were even just things about kind of, yeah, the lore and the politics and the, like, that lisping vampires. They're, like, so gosh, right? That... <laughs> yeah, that, it's just a sign that he's brand new and doesn't know how to talk around his teeth yet. <laughs> yeah. And um, just the whole thing about how, you know, this was the age of enlightenment and this was the age yeah. of, you know, how they were explaining all these periods of history through the lens of paranormal yeah how they were viewing you know the paranormal the supernatural side of their world and um yeah so it's just like they took what we are super familiar with even the fact that in the midst of all this you know they had the same kind of decorum and the same kind of you know rules for society and and so in the midst of all this crazy stuff like she could be ruined as a single miss and and yeah. you know just and she was a spinster at 26 just all these same things that we're used to reading about but with a paranormal spin on everything yeah no no werewolves and sweatpants in this book twilight they're no, breaking twilight. through cravats and waistcoats and yeah and she's making him naked <laughs> we'll talk about that um <laughs> yeah i just i found the whole i mean yeah i found it all very clever how she you know kind of took actual history and just kind of implanted the supernatural like lens over it. Um, so I found that really funny. And um, and I thought the Victorian, like even, I mean, steampunk is usually kind of Victorian. Victorian. Yeah. But um, I mean, I thought it was perfect because you've got kind of that rising... Um, you know, industrial right mechanical age, on. yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I just found that 
really fun. And then, um, yeah, they just have so much fun with, like, the vampire thing and the werewolf thing, you know, which we've seen many, many times. But um, just in this setting, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, what did you think of Alexia as our heroine? Okay, man, I loved Alexia. <laughs> she was, I, like, my new favorite. <laughs> I thought she was hilarious. And I loved how, she, you know, he kept coming on to her, and she's like, really, you like me even though, cause even though I have the nose and yeah. the olive complexion and this? And she pointed, and he's thinking to himself, yeah, yeah. because of that. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of, the way they kept describing her kept reminding me of Butterface. Well, only not as bad. I think well, that she was way more. I mean, like with Butterface, it was you know it was the Italianness of her with her big right. nose and things like that, and so that kind of reminded that was what was reminding me. Um, yeah, she was just, and I realized that this is mainly the writing, but just Alexia's kind of turn of phrase and her kind I, of spunk throughout all of this. Um, <laughs> She, I love when she walks into his office and it's a disaster and he's like pouring, he's drinking straight out of a teapot teapot or something. And she's like, please, Lord Macon, use one of the cups, my delicate sensibilities. <laughs> just, things, just things like that. The way she just says well, things. Just the picture of him drinking out of the spout of a teapot. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh. I just, I just loved her. She was, you know, she's a spinster, which in historicals they usually are because historicals well, are done. If you're a spinster at 26, that's a little harsh. But, yeah. um, and then the fact when her family would say stuff about her and he'd just like, you know, he'd get mad it's at them. It's all grumbly. Yeah, saying stuff about her. And then when her mom slapped her, ooh, yeah. You knew, you knew that he was going to have a problem with that. Yeah, and he did. But, um. I just loved her. I thought she was enchanting to listen to, I or to be in a story with. And yeah. I loved um, how, well, I liked how he kept referring to her as his new alpha and that she was, you know, just as strong and feisty as he was. And yeah. I just, I loved all that. Well, the, they're talking about alpha female. He says, that woman is definitely alpha and most certainly female. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's very alpha, and, you know, she's, like most of our spinsters, she's, um, yeah, she's very, very alpha. I feel like Well, and even sexually, she's like, you know, might as well, this may never happen to me again, so I just might as well go for it. And that's the good thing about a spinster, is the spinsters are always thinking. We're going to talk about that later. (laughs) Um, Are we? Are we going to talk about the sex later, Ellen? (laughs) Um. Okay, I have two quotes for Alexia because they were just too funny. When she's in, um, when she's been captured towards the end and um, she's trying to like figure a way out of her situation and she says, trying to think about anything but Lord Macon, her current predicament or Lord Akeldama's safety, which meant she could do nothing but reflect on the complex plight of her mama's most recent embroidery project. This in itself was a worse torture than any of her captors could have devised. <laughs> Just having to think about her mom's embroidery. <laughs> and then when she's talking with the scientists and they're telling her that, you know, with her, 
preternaturalness that she might just be an electrical ground, you know, to these supernaturals. And she says, great, Alexia thought. I've gone from soul sucker to electrical ground. The epithets just get sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> sweeter. <laughs> no, yeah. I, lo- I loved her and I loved being, I loved her inner voice because it, it's mostly told from her yeah, perspective. It would change point of view. Yeah, yeah. and if I have like a quibble that might be it is sometimes like the pov shifted in such a way that it was like oh we're with him now oh okay oh we're with her now back again okay but usually it was because they had something that they wanted us to see from their point of view and it was usually worth the change (laughs) yeah yeah i agree it's just that sometimes i would get hung up on that shift a little bit um but yeah i just i i loved her I I also would love to read the rest of the series. Um, you know, you guys know how much reading I'm doing these days, so we'll see when that happens. But um, I would gladly spend five books with her. She's hilarious, yeah. and I just found her enchanting. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, what did you think of Connell, Lord Macon? Are you, is that how you said it? Macon? Mac, Macon? Yeah. Macon? Macon? I, I don't know. Sure. See, I'm, I don't say it. I don't say it in my head. I just see it. Yeah, I know. Macon. M-A-C-C-O-N, right? Yeah, Macon. Okay. That's what I'm saying. What did you that think was, of Connell, you know, talking Lord about, Macon? Te- before we get into that, speaking of this world that we've never read before, the name seemed a lot um, like just a little screwier than yeah. we're used to, which is fine. It but and it kind of gave it a, a different, more of a twist to it. But they weren't as, you know, commonplace to us co- as we usually are used to seeing. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, so back to Lord Macon. So, what did you think of him as our hero? Um. Hello. I thought he was pretty dreamy. Yeah. And sounded amazing. Mm-hmm. Just big, brawny, muscular. And you could yeah. picture him as a werewolf, an alpha werewolf. Yeah. And um, and then naked. So it's a win-win. <laughs> I, I, well, first of all, I loved how, I mean, their whole thing throughout the book is, is a lot of fun. Like, and how much... <laughs> I love how much they seemingly hate each other, but everyone around them is like, even the queen was like, yeah, we were just waiting for that to happen. He's been crazy about you since the hedgehog incident. I love this hedgehog incident that we don't really learn anything about, but yeah. it obviously <laughs> was memorable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I loved how much, you know, uh, he, you know, swore that she drove him crazy, but you know, everybody, his beta was always like, yeah, they're obviously into each other. Like, yeah. let's just get this over with. Um, and yeah, werewolf is, I mean, in my opinion, like the hottest of the paranormal creatures yeah, that you can be. They are. Vampires always just kind of come off a little too effeminate. Effeminate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly how they were used in this book, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but, yeah. Um, and I just, I loved, 
I loved his the whole bitches dance thing yeah. where he was like, I, t- I made it clear that I was into her. What more does she expect? She She's wouldn't... supposed to make the next move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Professor Lyle is trying to explain all this to her. And she's yeah. like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's Scottish, which we always like. And I love how she, at the end, uh, he's like, you can. And she's like, did you just ken me? Did you just and, ken me? And he's like, no. She's like, you did. I was just kenned. <laughs> well, and I, what was it? At one point he says, even though I'm Scottish and a werewolf and, <laughs> I mean, he's listing all these things that are terrible about him. And she's like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, uh, he well, was... I loved how when he got really growly, his Scottish accent would get thicker. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a grumpy hero, and he's a grumpy werewolf on top of that. So you guys know how I feel about that. I Yeah. I mean, just he, like, what's not to love? And he was just firing on all cylinders with uh, with the grumpiness. So I was on board, 100%. Um, and we've talked about this before. Um, I think we kind of talked about this just recently with The Witness. But again, here, where you have more plot that's not interpersonal there's not a lot of drama but about their relationship we don't have to go through the conflict at the end and then all that yeah granted there's four more books of them together so i imagine that they're going to have some yeah but they're all going to have a lot of heavy plot line to them Mm -hmm. yeah um so you might not prefer that but (laughs) I, i i find it especially talking like we do about these conflicts it's nice to kind of get a book where the conflict is not interpersonal to kind of break it up for us every once in a while um so i wrote down this question which was asked to the author in the extras that oh, were on our read book any of that because i literally finished this book like 10 minutes ago Mom, don't reveal <laughs> oh okay um, sorry no i read it a long time ago okay Please so here's in. a question that was asked to her that i'm going to ask to you if you had the opportunity to have tea with Lord Macon, Alexia, or Lord Akeldama, who would you choose and why? Oh. Well, I'd like to have tea with Lord Macon just because. <laughs> and but it would be like I- post-shift right after he's still not in clothes anymore? Still? Yeah, definitely. Well, it would be... <laughs> it would be... Uh, probably one of those things where there's a restraining order out on me at some point in time yeah but i really think i would love having tea with alexia because i just think she'd be fun to hang out with yeah i think alexia and i would be bff but i would also i loved lord akeldama and i did too he was you know sassy gay friend everyone needs a sassy gay friend (laughs) yeah i highlighted a few of his little names that i loved how she's like you never call me by my name anyway but sugar plummiest of the plums, my diminutive gherkin, my fluffy cockatoo, my captivating crumpet, my lightning bug, my dear bluebell, my petunia petal. I think my favorite, though, is my diminutive gherkin. Gherkin. <laughs> I love the, but when they're, when they capture and they're like, yeah, we, we should keep your, your identity on the, you know, on the down low so we won't let them know who you are. And she's like, it's not a problem. You never call me by my name yeah. anyway. <laughs> I thought, and, you know, obviously I think 
she needed to because she's going to spend five books with these people. But the secondary characters here are great. I loved, yeah. I loved Professor Lyle. Um, I loved Flute, even though he doesn't say much, but... Like well, there's presence. a backstory there that I think we're going to learn in other books because I have a feeling the fact that he came from her father, he was her father's valet. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling we're going to learn more about her dad and, you know, how this all came to be. And well, I, think I kind will of, play a part in that. I love that. I don't think he ever had a line of dialogue, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, I think he said some things. Didn't he like when, <laughs> like when the queen came and he was oh yeah that's ushering right. people out stuff like that. But he never said much. Yeah. But they he obviously was really looking out for her. I mean, yeah, she was his main focus. Well, and I knew that as soon as she got married, that he was going to be like, "Peace, I'm now, out. I'm going with yeah. her." <laughs> you, you people are crazy. I'm, yeah. I'm going with her. Well, and I love that you know the little French maid went with her from mm-hmm. the vampires, and then it looks like. Uh, th- her vampire friend I can't remember his name uh, Akadama yeah yeah. see I'm never going to say that right but that his little friend kind of was helping her get ready for her wedding and Biffy yeah Biffy that's it anyway I just thought all those little characters are cute yeah uh, yeah it, they were all a lot of fun for sure um, which would you rather be in this world a vampire a werewolf or a preternatural Preternatural. You like that? Yeah. Um, I think I would go with. You werewolf. can make werewolves naked on command. <laughs> I think I What's would go not with werewolf about that power? just because of the sausage fest that seems to be in that uh, that clan. A werewolf. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're a preternatural, you could walk into the midst of a bunch of werewolves and just say, "You're naked. You're naked. You're naked. You're naked." <laughs> but only one night a month. Well, whatever. That's enough. (laughs) When they kept referring to their time of the month, I was like, is that the best way to really describe that? (laughs) It's the werewolf's time of the month. Yes. (laughs) Well, they do get cranky. (laughs) Yeah. And there is a lot of blood. Okay. (laughs) But a boom. (laughs) Ooh, you. I want everyone to note that I didn't go there. Ellen did. <laughs> I couldn't not touch that. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Mm-hmm. This one was pretty mom-friendly. <laughs> it was. But I think her learning about the pleasures of the flesh was just my favorite thing to ever happen, ever. Because <laughs> the way she talked about sex is my favorite thing ever <laughs> well, to happen. And she's like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I did. This. <laughs> and I wonder what would happen if I did this. Um, and yes, it was delightful. Alexia was scientifically intrigued. Had he gotten even larger down there? Was that the <laughs> maximum possible expansion ratio, she wondered? <laughs> and then when, when after they have sex the first time, she's like, huh, it goes down afterwards. <laughs> Well, and I loved the the description of an orgasm as a second heartbeat down there. I was like, huh, okay. Huh, there you go. <laughs> never heard it described. I've heard orgasms described a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Never like that a way. lot of ways. <laughs> um, the other one I wrote down 
was um, he had worked its, his way downward and apparently unhindered by her bustle was forming a newly intimate association with her posterior. <laughs> See, just sentences like that. Like that. I know. They're just so How am I not endearing. supposed to love that? <laughs> um, and then the last one I wrote down about them having sex. This is a great line as well. Um, she says to him at the end in the epilogue, I'm still holding that the carriage is an entirely an inappropriate place for conjugal activities. Would you like to prove me wrong a second time? <laughs> Cause he's like, you're always challenging me. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I loved them. Okay. What was your swooniest moment? Okay. So my swooniest moment is, when she turns him from a werewolf into yeah. a human form and she's just hanging out with him naked and <laughs> and she's just there's like, a lot of just funny I've got to hold on to him. There is. It's just a lot of yes. It was just cute. Lots of so many cute funny things yes. that happened while they're sitting there naked. That and was cap- also, I mean they're both encaptured, but that was also what I thought. I wrote down this line that they, this exchange that they have in kind of post that moment. Um, She says, well, my love, shall we? He says, am I? Are you what? Your love. Well, you are a werewolf, Scottish, naked and covered in blood. And I am still holding your hand. (laughs) That's the part I was talking about before. Um. Honorable mentions go to him standing up for her to to her family. Okay, family. We always like that. Yes. And then him recommending her for the shadow council. I know. That was sweet. I thought that was sweet, too. Um, yeah. Let's hear what some uh, listeners thought. <clears throat> I, I will say, though, when we're talking about sex, because, you know, the sex is pretty tame itself. However... They do spend a lot of time together where he is naked. And so there's a lot of description about that, which yes. not necessarily in a sexual way. I mean, kind of sexually. There's but, a lot of fixation on the fact that he's naked. Yeah. Which I get. Which, yeah. There's this man that's well, like even, <laughs> even all out of naked. The little vampires are like, hmm, what a shame to put a coat on him. <laughs> Who said there was well, a coat liked- on him? How when he's wearing the short shirt and like all the vampires keep trying to find ways to make him bend over. Bend over. <laughs> and he even knew what they were doing, so he would do it anyway. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Jessica said, I love this whole universe so much. I've read this series, some of the YA that comes before this series in the timeline, and all but the very recently released book in the series that takes place after this one. The Custard Protocol. Wow, there's a whole whole universe here. It's all in the same amazing paranormal steampunk universe, and I love it. I hope in a future reading list I can talk everyone into reading one from The Custard Protocol. Uh, you can vote for competence uh, in the poll. So that has come and passed, which we will talk mm. about in the break. Uh, Sarah says, I stumbled upon Stolas at my library a few months ago, and to quote mom, I freaking loved it. Um, (laughs) Since it was the only book my library had, I promptly purchased the entire series and quickly devoured the rest within the week. Absolutely delightful. 
the this universe scale character has built is just so intriguing and hilarious and quite unlike anything else i've read i love all the quirky side characters and they're absolutely ridiculous names and who doesn't love a headstrong spinster heroine and a grumpy hero my catnip also See, she I would... brought up the quirky names as well i mean the names were just a little off from what we're used to yeah and she says also i would love a parasol full of gadgets for myself so handy yes. yeah like the Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. Uh, Natalie says, it's been a while, but I remember laughing out loud while reading. I liked Alexia's brash and frank personality, and I remember really liking how growly Macon was. I also loved her old vampire friend, forgot his name, Akeldama, and the other young vampire, I think his name was Buffy or Biffy or something. I think it's a great, (laughs) unique take uh, on steampunk. Deanna said, I was surprised by how much I loved this book, since I don't usually dig paranormal stories. Alexia and Macon had great chemistry, and I had many LOL moments. Good side characters. Love how ridiculous her family was. Also, there is a prequel with their meet cute and hedgehog incident called Meet, M-E-A-T, cute. (laughs) (laughs) I def want to read the rest of the series and also plan on reading her finishing school series. Uh, that's hilarious. So that answers our question about the hedgehog incident. There you go. Um, Paige said, I enjoyed this book and the way it was written. I've loved paranormals in the past, but I'm curious to see how Ellen and mom like it if they haven't read many paranormals in the past. Or, of course, if they have. We'll find out Monday. You are finding out. You have already. You have just found out, Paige, what we thought. <laughs> but you... she's going to hear it on Monday. So yes. she was right. <laughs> We have read some, and I've read some even outside of what we've read on the show. Yeah, I've read, uh, I've probably, I've definitely read more paranormal ram- romance than Mom has. Um, I've read the whole Cressley Cole series, which Mom can never read. Um, <laughs> and we read some Kerrigan uh, Sparks, uh, right? Why am I? I don't. I feel like Carolyn Sparks. Carolyn Sparks. Um, on the show, we've read well, about some, how to tame a dragon. And, yeah, and, we've and read some how other to date a something. Paranormal I can't remember the names of them. On the show, I feel like. And then I read the series in the Bayou that <coughs> sing, singular oh, listener, by, male listener Jason recommended. <laughs> uh, by Molly Harper, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've read. I've read some more. I was actually in a, like, kind of how I got started reading romance. I was doing, uh, Felicia Day used to do this, like, reading group. And it was, they would mainly read kind of, like, fantasy and sci-fi and paranormal romance. And so that was actually how I got started in the hardcore romance as opposed to chiclet and stuff that I had read in high school. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my gateway for the most part. Um, Aaron says, this book was a bit of a mixed bag for me. I don't typically read paranormal, but thought it looked intriguing from your list, so I gave it a try. I liked Alexia as the strong female lead. It had, it had some funny lines, and the alternate reality she built was interesting. However, I thought the... The writing was clunky and not good at times. I hated how she treated her BFF, and while I was pleasantly surprised the mystery storyline is what provided 
most of the conflict rather than the manufactured drama, it didn't feel very mysterious or interesting. Overall, it was a quick, mostly entertaining read that provided something a bit different from what I typically read, but I have no intention of reading any more of the series. Uh, also, of the series being named for her parasol, I don't remember it actually being important beyond the first chapter, and that is confusing, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody, like, informed her that the parasol definitely... Well, it comes is called the Parasol Series. Protectorate. The Parasol yes. Protectorate. Protectorate. Um, and she was informed that it does have a more through line with the rest of the series. Um, um, I would have to say, who was that again? That just That's Erin. Erin? Sorry, Erin. I'm going to disagree with you. I loved her relationship with Ivy, and I especially loved her description of Ivy's hats. And that cracked me up. <laughs> especially you can like, put your flute, like, holding the hat by just his two fingers taking it out to hang it up. I just, I thought it was all hilarious. Yeah. But. You know, you you need a friend to be honest about your bad fashion choices. So. Absolutely. Well, um, I loved how Ivy, like, really didn't seem to care. Like, <laughs> Alexia would say these terrible things about her hats, and she's like, whatever. This is just their normal thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I could see potentially feeling the way that Aaron did. I, I personally didn't, but I can see how if it's not quite, if that writing style is not quite your cup of tea, and if you know, you want more of the interpersonal kind of like I was saying earlier, then yeah, maybe not the book for you. Um, she says about the mystery storyline um, that it wasn't all that surprising. I, I think I can, I think I can sort of side with that. I, I saw some of the things coming in, you know, terms of what was actually going on and things like well, that. Well, I knew that Mr. McDougal or whatever his name was, Dr. McDougal. Yeah. I knew he was going to end up being part of it. I knew that what it was going to be, I knew it was going to end up being that scientific society that was opening next to the Duke of right. S- Snodgren or whatever his name was. Um, I knew that that was going to be what was, because it was a new entity and this problem had just started. So I was like, well, it's probably going to be related to that. Um, so I, I can see that. Um, Samantha said, so much fun. I read it years ago and had it stashed in my romance closet. I pulled it back out and just love how suspicious I am. Uh, the second or more like 20th time I read something, I get all kinds of conspiracy theories going when something, when things seem familiar. I distinctly remember that my, during my first read, Macon mentions how werewolves don't have young and I immediately made a connection that any future sexy times would make him all human. And now we have some surprise babies. Um, yeah. I have not finished the series despite owning it. But the fact that one of the books is set in Egypt, I have has moved it closer to the front of my TBR pile. Yeah, as soon as they were saying that, I'm like, but he becomes human when they have sex. sex. So he just needs to be human long enough to like impregnate her and he's gonna be human every time they have sex because she's touching him obviously yeah and so he's gonna get her with child and then there's gonna be another preternatural kid here's my other here's my other suspicion i think that they're going to kind of discover more about the state of being preternatural and find out that she's not technically soulless but she's got i don't know 
something else going on. Well, that, their idea of a soul and our idea of a soul, I think, are two different things. Yes, so but they're soul weighing souls and things like yeah. that. <laughs> or that it's an organ inside your body. Yeah. Eh, is it, though? Um, Laurie says, I read this book several months ago, so details are a bit fuzzy. However, I do remember thoroughly enjoying it. The world building is brilliant, the characters are delightful, and the story is completely entertaining. I love that the author has created a whole universe with multiple series and have had fun with each book I've read that takes place in this world. Alexandra says, my review from 2017. Overall, this book was hilarious and incredibly fun to read. I haven't read any steampunk or anything like it before, so it was a bit of an adventure. I appreciated how light it was, despite heavy supernatural plot. I laughed a lot, and quite a bit of it was steamy. It reads a bit like a romance novel, but then about halfway through, you get more plot. Overall, I felt that the steampunk elements were small, and it read like normal urban fantasy, aside from the Victorian setting. I really didn't know that there were vampires or werewolves in this book before I started it. The most enjoyable part of this book for me was definitely Alexia's character. She's ridiculous but owns it and is very confident and modern for the setting. Reading her observations about the world around her, ugly hats, lack of food at parties, etc. is hilarious. <laughs> I also particularly enjoyed her interactions with Lord Macon. It's like Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet, but with a lot less brooding. I'll be interested to see where the rest of the books go. Um... And she says, I still have not read more, but I'd like to start again and just binge read. And then finally, Aieda says, I've always liked stories about opinionated spinsters, but I had no idea I'd enjoy this much to read about grumpy werewolves, intellectual werewolves, extravagant vampires, and awful hats. I know the plot is quite simple and the mystery isn't that intriguing, but why this book is rated less than four stars on Goodreads is beyond me. I'm definitely reading the rest of the series. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, and yeah, I can see that maybe the mystery and the plot are not that complicated or intense, but just it's just so damn enjoyable. I just, <laughs> it was just I can't a lot help of fun. But love it. Um, mom, any final thoughts on Soulless? No, I thought it was just a totally fun read. I enjoyed every minute of it. It was just so enjoyable. Agreed. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Soulless by Gail Carriger. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 26th, we'll be discussing The Wallflower Wager by Tessa Dare, who's a favorite of ours, um, in our next mini episode. But for now, we're going to take a break and we come back, we'll be doing our romance trope bracket. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Ooh, that was especially cringeworthy. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So the news for this news and mail segment is we have our fall reading lineup. Out. Um, okay. So we had the poll going on the Facebook group to help us select um, our books for this time. Uh, and I would say with the exception of about, Three, maybe not even that many. Um, 
they were all selected from the poll. Um, so just a little disclaimer on why some books did not get chosen. First of all, I'm trying to kind of mix it up and get away from authors that we've done many times, with the exception of Penny Reed, of course. Um, <laughs> so Sarah McLean, because we've done two books of hers, and we did the first book in Brazen and the Beast, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Um, and then you guys wanted us to do Red, White, and Royal Blue, um, which is a male-male romance, and we're not strictly opposed to that, but mainly the reason I did not pick that book is I had heard and read that there was a heavy political element to that book, and I decided more than the male-male aspect, I just didn't want to get into to that aspect of it. Um, so I hope you guys are happy and you know ready to read along with us for this lineup. Um, we are excited about it. So here it is. On September 2nd, we are reading The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez. Um, on September 9th, we are going to read How to Lose How to Love a Duke in Ten Di- Days by Kerrigan Byrne, if I can say it. Yes. Um, <laughs> on September 16th, we are going to read Can You Keep a Secret by Sophie Kinsella, the trailer for which came out this past weekend. And I, I mean, I was telling mom, I'm like, so this we can't count as us making the movie happen, but (laughs) I have been putting out into the universe that this movie gets made for like 15 years now. So I I feel like... Well, I think I even have this book sitting on a bookshelf back in your old bedroom. Is that a possibility? probably do, yeah. (laughs) Because I, you guys, I love this book. I passed it around to like all my girlfriends in high school, which their mothers cannot know about. Um, I was going to say, am I going to cringe about that when I read yeah, it? Yeah, you probably will. Um, <laughs> but it's it's an old an old favorite of mine, so I'm excited to read it again and talk about it. Um, on September 23rd, we are reading The Best Thing by Mariana Zapata, who is a repeat, because um, we have done The Wall of Winnipeg on the show. Uh, on September 30th, we're going to read Meet Cute by uh, Helena Hunting, who was at Book uh, Bonanza when we were just there. Yes. Have we um, read any of her books? No, we have not. Okay. On October 7th, we are reading A Highlander Walks Into a Bar by Laura Trentham. Trent- Trentham? I don't know if I'm saying... Names are really Trentham. throwing me today, you guys. On October 14th, we are reading The Penny Reed Recommended, Making Faces by Amy Harmon. Uh, when we had breakfast with Penny Reed this she told us that we needed to read amy Harmon on the show so i made it happen on october 21st we are reading the madness of lord ian mckenzie by jennifer ashley which we have both read before and love thoroughly so it'll be fun to talk about it um on october 28th i wanted to throw we've ever done one i don't think we've ever done a book that i had read previously except for the bridgerton colin bridgerton's book yeah that's true yeah on October 28th, we are reading Dark Lover by J.R. Ward. I wanted to throw a paranormal in for Halloween time. Um, and I've been warned that this one's going to be sexy. Because anytime I pick a book, it ends up being super sexy. On November 4th, we are going to read one of the many entries into the Smarty Pants romance, or as I'm calling it, 
the PLU, the Penny Literary Universe, like the <laughs> MCU. Like the um, MCU. Yeah. Uh, but we were reading Baking Me Crazy by Carla Sorensen, uh, which is the first in the Donner Bakery series. Uh, and then on November 11th, we are reading the much-anticipated Beard Necessities by Penny Reed. We will probably also be talking about um, Beard With Me. The rest of the books, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, When does that book actually come out? Like, how much time am I going to have to read that book? It comes out November 4th. Okay. Um, so we're going to read, you know, all books leading up to... Uh, beard necessities as well um just probably in general the winston brothers because this is the culmination of the winston brothers so yes um we are dying and we'll probably just be like in a winston brothers coma that week um on november 18th we'll be talking about kingdom of dreams by judith mcnaught um which you know an old school classic so i'm excited to read that one on November 25th, we are going to read The Bromance Book Club by Lisa K. Adams. I am trying to get my actual brother to come and read that with us and be on the show. We'll see if that happens. Um, I'm, I'm afraid he would be highly inappropriate. Well, he's highly inappropriate just in general. Yeah. But I'm afraid on this he would go overboard being highly inappropriate, which, That's you know, might be endearing to some of you. <laughs> um. And then usually we would just cut it off there. We do three months of books at a time. But mom and I decided that we were due a little break because, not going to lie, we get the a little break. The weekly reading is, is taking its toll. Yes. Um, so we're going to do, on December 2nd, we're going to read Edenbrook by Julianne Donaldson. And on December 9th, we're going to do a Christmas book with A Virgin River Christmas by Robin Carr. Um, and then we're going to take a break for the rest of 2019. So that's going to give us three weeks off around the holidays. Um, I'm sure you guys understand. Uh, you guys probably don't want to be listening to us because you're going to be busy with family and stuff too. So, you know, we'll all just take a collective or break. Go back and listen to some of the old ones. I was listening to, because someone on Facebook or somewhere said something about Lord of Scoundrels. And I couldn't remember about that book. So I went back and listened to it. Wow, that's embarrassing. Me talking about my love of listening. I, for, first of all, don't let Chris Brinkley ever listen to that episode. Because there will be restraining orders. Because me talking about listening to those Winston Brothers books is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Now I need to go listen to that. Um, <laughs> it's all on the Lord of Scoundrels episode. So, you know, if you want to check out how ugh, I was in bad how shape. How cringy mom was. Yeah, I was super cringy. Um, we're super excited about this lineup. We hope that you guys are too. I'm happy that we were able to get, uh, obviously not all of your guys's. We had quite the the list of yeah. uh, requests. We have a list of like 23 books. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, I, can't I can only really read all those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, usually it's only 13 books that are on the lineup. Um, this one has 15 because of the extra December books. Um, but we're super excited. Um, I hope that even the ones that I threw on there, you guys get excited about. Um, also wanted to mention that Mom and I have bought tickets 
and Hotel for KissCon in Chicago, April 17th through the 19th. Um, if any of y'all are going to be out there or if you are even thinking about it, just do it. Do it. Come We'd love to have a meetup with, you know, yeah, that fans would be of the show. So, so fun if we can get enough people. I know of like two for sure, I think. So let's get more. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is the news for this this week. And let us know which one you're most excited to read with us. And, you know, let's let's hear it. All right. That's it for the break. <laughs> See you next yeah, time. It is. Welcome back. We are now about as far from March as you can possibly get, but because I came up with this idea in August, we are going to do some August March Madness with a little bracket I came up with of romance tropes. So, Mom, are you ready for this? Because the last bracket we did nearly ruined us. (laughs) Well, it's not like you can divorce me as your mother. You're stuck with me forever. I wish. Um, Ah. Okay. (laughs) so I kind of selected 16 tropes I threw them into a bracket generator I randomly seeded them so um wow it all sounds so technical yeah why do I have a feeling it wasn't really (laughs) how dare you I put a lot of work into this um okay so our first matchup by the way I'm gonna put this on the Facebook group um on Monday when the episode comes out so Go look and let us know what your own bracket would be looking like. Okay, so are we going to do this together or is this just you? It's just me. You don't get to say a thing because you put the thing together. Okay. So our first matchup, boy or girl next door versus marriage of convenience. Oh, gosh darn. See, the problem is boy or girl next door has a connotation of like unrequited love. So there's some other ones that might kind of fulfill that same. Okay, let's do marriage of convenience. Okay. Slow burn versus fake relationship. Slow burn. Uh, probably fake relationship. Okay. I don't know. I do love a good slow burn. But, I mean, we are going to be reading a Mariana Zapata, and she is the notorious queen. for slow yeah. burns. So which one are you picking? I'm going to go with, um, what were my choices? Slow fake burn relationship or, or slow burn? Fake relationship. Okay. Because I do really love a fake relationship. Yeah. Second chance versus opposites attract. I'm going to go with, I'm not a, always a fan of second chance. Every yeah. now and then someone one's written that I'm like, oh yeah. But usually I don't always love it. So I'm going to go with. Whatever the other one was. Opposites attract. Opposites attract that one. (laughs) I can't remember from one minute to the next. Come on. Okay. Cut me some slack. Mistaken identity versus friends to lovers. Mistaken identity versus friends to lovers. I'm going to go friends to lovers. Okay. Sexy billionaire versus love triangle. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go love triangle. I'm not always a huge fan of the sexy billionaires. Okay. Best friend sibling versus alpha hero. 
gosh, Ellen, why did you put these together that one, like that this? That one was just a paired. I know. I wouldn't have done that myself, but it was just randomly put together. Best friend's sibling versus alpha hero. Best friend's sibling versus alpha hero. I'm going to go alpha hero on that one. How dare you? Well, okay. best friend's sibling That's like is my, not necessarily. I know, but no, you like sibling's best friend. That's different than best well, friend's sibling. Well, it's like the guy is dating his best friend's sibling. That's what I like. The guy is dating. Oh, okay. Or vice versa, but that's usually what it is that I like. Okay. See, I was mistaken by how you were reading it there. So I'll go with best friend's sibling then on that. Okay. Childhood friends versus forced proximity. Ooh. I'm going to go force proximity, which that's, is probably going to make you mad. Yes, that's a tough one. Uh, secret royal versus enemies to lovers. I'm going to go enemies to lovers. That's what I would go to. Okay, so now we're into our quarterfinal. Second bracket. Yeah. Um, marriage of convenience versus fake relationship. Which is basically the same thing. Same thing. Um, I'll go with fake relationship. Okay. Uh, opposites attract versus, I can't remember what you picked here. Did you pick mistaken identity or friends to lovers? Friends to lovers. Okay. So opposites attract versus friends to lovers. Opposites attract. I'll go with friends to lovers. Okay. Uh, kind of no okay yes friends to lovers love triangle versus best friend sibling i'll go best friend sibling yeah you will uh forced proximity versus enemies to lovers hmm hmm do like a good enemies to lovers. I mean, the one we did today was kind of enemies to lovers. Um, That's true. I'm going to go with enemies to lovers, but I do like the other one too. Force proximity. Yeah, it's good. Okay, yeah. now we're into our semifinals. Ah, okay. Um, fake relationship versus... F- <laughs> I can never remember what you picked here. Friends to lovers. Okay, what was the first choice? Fake relationship, friends to lovers. I'm going to do fake relationship. Okay. Um, best friend sibling versus enemies to lovers. I'm going to do enemies to lovers. Okay, your final is between... Enemies to lovers versus fake relationship. Gosh dang. <laughs> By the way, you didn't have road trip anywhere on there. Um, Forest proximity is kind of road trip. Okay, whatever. Um, okay, what were my two choices? Jeez Louise. 
fake relationship versus enemies to lovers? I am probably going to go with enemies to lovers just because it's a more all-encompassing thing. There's more yeah. stories that can encompass that. Yeah. So You can have a fake relationship that is enemies, enemies to, lovers. to lovers. Yes. That's a, that's yeah. a good, I think that's a good way to go with it, Mom. Thanks, um, Ellen. I, and I maybe really was worried I about will, what you thought about me. <laughs> yeah. I'll post my bracket on uh, on the group as well. And Which you guys... if it's not just like mine, it's going to be wrong. And <laughs> Well, best friend sibling might make it up a little bit. We'll see how that, how that fares. Okay, that's still weird to me, but whatever. I know, it's weird to me too. Um, okay, so there you guys go. I hope you guys have fun with it. Um, and yeah, enemies to lovers, mom's favorite trope, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> well, I do like that, because like even today's story, like I said, could be considered enemies to lovers, but yeah. that encompasses so many other tropes that could be within that particular genre, so. Yeah. All right. Thanks again so much for joining us. And again, if you would like to join us for the Wallflower Wager by Tessa Dare in one week on August 26th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellie. All right. Bye. Bye.